emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. This conversation we want to have today is about President uh, Donald Trump and the other in uh, President Barack Obama. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. And why the economy's exploded more. Why, I give credit to both of them for doing their part, but Donald Trump has done just that much better of a job when it comes to the economy. Now, uh, in terms of behavior and style points, yeah, Obama, again, was a, a, a politician before. Uh, I just think overall, if it wasn't for the answers to the Twitter and things of that nature, uh, people would look at his presidency a lot different. 
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And you are tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I am so very excited that you've tuned in to yet another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're picking up where we left off on last uh, episode, part two of our discussion of uh, Trump and Obama or Obama versus uh, Trump. In this edition, we're talking about former President Barack Obama. That's right. Talking with my good friend, political strategist uh, and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. But before we get to all of that, just want to um, first say uh, welcome back to school, all of our uh, all of our students. It's amazing how fast the summer has passed and and uh, just flown by. Uh, kids across this country uh, are going back to school, starting back to school on Monday, yesterday, and uh, heading back there. And uh, this is um, uh, the first week of school for a lot of students and. Uh, then there'll be some starting on uh, after Labor Day. So the, the first wave of students have begun going back to school and the second wave will start uh, uh, after Labor Day. We are uh, fastly approaching uh, the fall. I just can't believe how time is just moving on. It's just amazing, um, you know. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I hate to see summer go. Uh, again, I talked last week about how we love the weather, love being outside. And I'm already feeling, you know, some kind of way because uh, it just seems like summer is just slowly slipping away, actually quickly slipping away from us, uh, from our grasp. In just a few days, it'll be fall. Uh, so <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. That's all I have to say. Enjoy it while it lasts. But I, But again, just love um, you know, these, this nice weather. And of course, um, I, I'm, I am, um, excited about school starting back like many parents are. Uh, <laughs> I have three children that will be starting school in just a few days as well. So, uh, very excited about that. And they are too, actually, they are very excited to great students and, uh, glad to see them going back to school. And let me tell you guys, you don't want to miss next week's show. Next week's show is going to be big. If you thought this show was big, next week's show is going to be bigger. It's going to be huge. Uh, next week's show is going to be our uh, college and pro uh, football kickoff show. That's right. We're going to be talking to NFL All-Pro wide receiver Derek Mason next week, guys. Former NFL All-Pro wide receiver. This guy has a decorated career in uh, in the NFL. 15 years playing for the Baltimore Ravens and Tennessee Titans. Uh, broken all kinds of records. Played in Super Bowl 34 and nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame with uh, teammate Steve McNair. You know, I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a huge show. We're going to be talking Jay-Z and the NFL partnership. We're going to be talking Colin Kaepernick and talking Andrew Luck. A lot of great things we're going to be discussing next week. So you don't want to miss next week's show, the College and Pro Football Kickoff Show with my good friend, uh, former NFL All-Pro wide receiver, Derek Mason. This is a show you don't want to miss. Uh, but 
uh, again, we've got a great show for, in store for you on tonight. In addition to us talking um, with uh, our good friend, political strategist and Republican uh, American uh, president of Urban American Strategies, uh, Wayne Bradley, uh, continuing our discussion of Trump versus Obama, Obama versus Trump in part two of our conversation on tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few things during our What Are You Thinking About segment, talking about what you're thinking about and uh, talking about the black anchor. This is a story that's been uh, lighting up social media uh, as of late black anchor compared to a monkey by white coal anchor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. I wish I had uh, some audio trying to get some audio for that because, uh, uh, you know, it, the audio is very interesting. And she went on air. This happened on Monday, uh, August the 26th. And uh, she came on today to apologize and tearful apology with her and her co-worker uh, on today, uh, August the 27th. So. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about what actually happened, uh, doing our, what are you thinking about segment? We're also going to be talking about, um, Rosa Parks. That's right. Uh, iconic civil rights, uh, activist Rosa Parks, uh, Mattel has, uh, released a new Barbie dial called the Rosa Parks Mattel dial. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's interesting. We want to share that with you, uh, doing our, what are you thinking about segment as well? And of course we cannot, uh, neglect to talk about this, uh, ama- this, this, this ridiculous, I don't know what to call it really. Um, this craze, this ridiculous craze that's been, uh, you know, sweeping the nation, uh, seems like this for this Popeye's chicken sandwich. That's right, guys. I'm talking Popeye's chicken sandwich. I cannot believe it either. And I'm not a Popeye's uh, I'm not a chicken sandwich uh, kind of guy. I don't like the processed meat. I like, you know, I like chicken, you know, wings and chicken thighs and legs. You know, I don't like putting my, you know, chicken. I don't like chicken breast. You know what I'm saying? But um, it just seems like I don't know. I, I, I can't figure this one out. So we want to talk a little bit about this because I've seen a lot of crazy things. That I'm sure you have. On the on social media and maybe even in person, uh, people who have just seemed to be going uh, bonkers over this um, this this new Popeye's chicken sandwich, as it's being called on the internet. Sandwich, not sandwich, but sandwich. <laughs> That's when you know it's good when you call it sandwich. <laughs> Well, we're going to be talking about that, uh, doing our What Are You Thinking About segment, because I just, I, 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 you know, I cannot go another show without talking about this this Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. You know. Uh, and, of course, as always, we have a, a great thought of the week in store for you, a dynamic thought of the week. I've uh, been thinking about this uh myself uh since last week and i want to share this dynamic and powerful thought of the week with you doing our thought of the week and so we've got a great show in store for you on tonight so without any further ado let's get to it you is live a sea of race fists and silence 2020 fight is getting very real democrats jumping in speaking out jussie smollett A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. 
If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. D-Lemon, right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? All right, everybody, this is the What Are You Thinking About segment for the August 27th edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We talk about everything that you're thinking about, and uh, we kick off the this, uh, this segment talking about the black anchor who was called an ape or compared to a gorilla uh, by his white co-host, according to the Miami Herald, um, a white TV anchor in Oklahoma City. Uh, Alex Houston um, apologized to her black co-anchor Jason Hackett for comparing him to a gorilla during a broadcast uh, on uh, yesterday, Monday, August the 26th. And um, when she did so, she received a ton of backlash and uh, feedback from the viewers uh, and it prompted them, uh, prompted her to issue a, a public apology uh, to her co-host uh, live on the air uh, th- uh, during the morning show. And uh, we want to play for you uh, a clip of that apology so you can uh, kind of get a feel for uh, what actually happened. Take a listen. I'm here this morning because I want to apologize not only to my co-worker, Jason, but to our entire community. I said something yesterday Much like a you know a plumber would use a wrench or a doctor would use a scalpel, we use words 
And, and our goal, and what we need to do is use those words not, not to hurt and not to divide, um, but to build a more perfect union. And uh, this is a good journey for us. We're learning things here. And uh, we at KOCO5 hope that you join us along on this journey. Thank you guys very much. So what you just heard there was Alex Houston's apology live on air uh, during their newscast to her co-host, Jason Hackett. And um, I have to give kudos to Jason uh, for uh, being the bigger man in that uh, instance and um, accepting her apology. You know, uh, (laughs) maybe he just did it for the cameras, but it, it sounded pretty genuine. Uh, but to kind of give you some insight into what actually happened uh, during the newscast on yesterday, I believe it was, they were, um, you know, showing, I believe might have been the zoo, uh, a gorilla in the zoo. Uh, and um, and during uh, this particular segment, um, she uh, she compared uh, her co-host to this gorilla. She said at the close of the segment, you know, the gorilla kind of looks like you. <laughs> like that kind of slipped that in you know and um <laughs> and you could see the expression on his face you know he was not pleased by that and, and of course he said it hurt him to his core because as he said he thought they were friends in fact he called her and she called him uh her best friend and his best friend so um you know you call your best friend a, a gorilla you know you compare him to a gorilla i mean come on so uh you know and then of course um you know she's crying during the apology and you know you know pulling on your your heartstrings there uh trying to get you to uh you know of course accept her apology so i you know i'm i'm curious to know the, uh, in in a typical white girl fashion, <laughs> do you accept her apology? You know, after all of that, um, I, I do give him the um, the benefit of the doubt. I think that you know his accepting her apology sounded genuine. You know, of course, you don't really know uh, till the camera, the lights and cameras are, are turned off. If in fact his apology was sincere. Uh, but at least that's what it sounded like to me. And I applaud him for, you know, being the bigger man and taking the high, higher road in that respect. So I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that story. Uh, don't know if I uh, would be as gracious <laughs> as uh, Jason was. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Also, uh, Barbie debuts uh, Rosa Parks Dow as a part of series honoring iconic woman. According to um, AI or AL.com, uh, AL.com Alabama, civil rights activist and Alabamian uh, Rosa Parks is the latest iconic woman to garner a Dow. And her likeness is part of Barbie's Inspiring Woman series. Mattel announced today Parks will be one of the latest additions to the series, which launched in 2018 and features dials based on women who have played significant roles in history, including uh, Frida Kahlo, Amelia Earhart, and Katherine Johnson. Um, Rosa Parks led an ordinary life as a seamstress until an extraordinary moment 
on December 1st, 1955. It's Barbie's description of the doll reads. Uh, when she refused in order to give up her seat to a white passenger and moved to the back of the bus, Mrs. Park's act of defiance became the catalyst for the Montgomery bus boycott. Rosa Parks' quiet struggle played a notable role in the civil rights movement, but would still take another nine years and more struggles before the 1964 Civil Rights Act overruled existing segregation laws. So I think that this is a um, uh, tremendous gesture on the part of Barbie and Mattel uh, to, um, you know, create a dial. Uh, based on the iconic civil rights activist Rosa Parks. You know, um, we all know uh, the tremendous part that she played in the civil rights movement, refusing to give up her seat on that Montgomery bus um, there uh, in Alabama and um, sparking the Montgomery bus boycott, which was led by uh, then um, uh, president of the SCLC, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and, um, you know, of course, uh, we know the history of what happened and um, and and the movement that is sparked as a result of her refusal to give up her seat on that crowd on that segregated Montgomery bus. And um, so kudos to uh, Barbie and Mattel for, uh, you know, putting this together in her honor. I truly appreciate it. I know you do as well. If you haven't seen uh this article if you if you want to see a picture of the dial you can go to our facebook.com thinking out loud radio show page and uh, there you'll be able to see uh this article and uh take a look at it and see the great job that that mattel and barbie has done depicting this iconic civil rights activist and finally guys as i said earlier we have got to talk about uh this Popeye's chicken phenomenon. This is absolutely ridiculous the way these people are acting. You know, I cannot believe it. I'm sure you can't either. Or maybe, or maybe you're one of them that's listening to the show on tonight that needs to uh need some counseling. You know. <laughs> touch your touch your uh, touch your device right now so I can pray for you. <laughs> Reach out to your computer screen. Touch your computer screen or or your tablet or your or your cell phone so I can lay hands on you. <laughs> Cause the, the foolishness and the buffoonery that is uh following uh people who are uh just going bonkers for this sandwich is ridiculous, man. I have seen some crazy stuff on social media and I'm sure you have either you have seen it or you are one of the ones we're talking about in fact i saw a video of a guy who was uh standing outside of a popeye's drive-thru arguing with uh the cashier who told him that they were out of popeye's chicken sandwiches and he was so upset with her that he climbed through the window of the drive-thru and actually jumped on this woman and so they had to actually the other employees they had to grab him and get this man to uh to climb back out of the window and back into his mother's car can you believe this this is ridiculous and so i i saw another article believe it or not all of this chicken sandwich coverage according to newswire.com uh, or, or the takeout.com um all our Popeye's chicken sandwich coverage 
gave them $23 million. That's right. I said $23 million in free press. According to this article, what a month for Popeye's from the moment its new chicken sandwich made its nationwide debut two weeks ago. The fried chicken restaurant chain has enjoyed some of its biggest buzz in years, even as franchises can't keep them in stock and rival companies are chasing Popeye's clout at every turn. You get that Chick-fil-A as hungry customers continue to exist at odds with all those hastily scrawled signs on Popeye's doors advising the public that no, they still do not have the sandwiches stocked. The dust is settling enough for curious minds to work out how successful the sandwich has been. This is unbelievable. International Business Time reports that various sources said Popeye's earned anywhere from 20 to 23 million dollars from its new chicken sandwich and the controversy that attended its reveal. One source, Apex Marketing Group, estimated Popeye's earned $23 million in equivalent ad revenue across digital, print, social, TV, and radio in just 11 days since August the 12th. This is ridiculous. I cannot believe it. I'm sure you can. I don't know. Can you believe it? I know I can't believe it. Over food, guys. Are they putting something in this chicken sandwich? Because if they are, I mean... The way people are acting is kind of making me a little cautious about getting me a sandwich. <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I'm not in a hurry to get something that, that's making folks fight and, and beat up one another. And somebody drove a car through a Popeye's, uh, uh, a Popeye's uh, uh, restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, somebody drove their car through a Popeye's restaurant. I saw this on Facebook too. So so this is ridiculous, guys. Are they putting something in the chicken? Cause if they are, I don't want a piece. I don't want none of that chicken. That make you all act out of out of character and act unseemly. <laughs> Woo, I don't know what you think. I'd love to know what your thoughts are about this. And if you had a, a sandwich, let us know what, what that tastes like. You know, are you acting crazy? Are there any symptoms you having? You know, any any side effects, you twitching, you know, can't sleep at night, having stomach aches, you're having headaches or whatever, nausea, you can't think, you know, what? let, let us know. Uh, our viewers, our listeners would love to know what those uh, side effects are because I'm going to steer clear of it and let some of the dust settle before I give me a sandwich. <laughs> I'm tickling myself, man. So that is the What Are You Thinking About segment for the August 27th edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you have any questions or comments about anything we discuss, feel free to add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram. Or leave us a comment on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show. Or leave us a comment on our website, michaelnemis.com. Uh, just click the uh, TOL Radio Show page and you'll be able to leave us a comment right there. So we love to get your feedback. Well, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're getting back into our discussion of Obama versus Trump. Former President Barack Obama 
with my good friend, political strategist, Republican, and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. With radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Hello there, this is meteorologist Denise Isaac from NBC10 Boston wishing radio host Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy two-year anniversary. Wishing you many, many more. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. This part two of our discussion of when they see us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. What role does the church play in helping us to build bridges between the police and the black community? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. What Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois said in the early 20th century is the same today, that the color question will always be the number one question in America. So the church has to find its place in that discussion. So our theology has to be broad enough to say, I want to help everybody who needs help. 
whether they're black or white or gay or straight. Does that mean that I need to affirm them? No, I affirm what the Bible affirms. But the Bible would say that if somebody's getting their hair busted unfairly, I'm not going to sit and ask you what your faith is, what your sexuality is. I'm going to say to this person, bust you upside the head, that you're wrong, and I'm going to stop you from doing that. You're tuned in to the Three Hour Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. I hope you are enjoying our conversation on tonight um, about President Donald Trump and former President Barack Obama. In fact, we're getting ready to shift gears to talk uh, about Obama. Um, You know, we've been spending a lot of time because obviously, you know, this is the current administration that we're in and. Um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of things are going on um, regarding Trump. And uh, one one of the goals of this conversation was to really have a substantive um, a discussion about these things with someone from the other side of the aisle. I'm a Democrat and uh, Wayne is a is a Republican. And and I think so far we've we've had a, a, a decent conversation um, in, in, in many respects. But as we shift gears talking about Obama, because um, I, you know, and this is not just a Democrat talking, I believe that that this th- this man's presidency uh, was great uh, because of the amount of pressure he was under being the first African-American president in our nation's history. And, and you know, for a black man to step into that 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 position and shine and you know yes he had a lot of critics he had a lot of um he was not perfect and 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 i'm not in no way saying that he was and everything that he did i did not necessarily agree with but um i believe that uh he brought a lot to the table far more than um than the current administration and you know, as we shift gears talking about him, Wayne, from the beginning of Barack Obama's first campaign back in '07, uh, the launch of his campaign, you were one of an one of the art uh, one of his ardent critics. I mean, you posted all the time about about Obama, and you know, and and um, and I'm not even sure if you remember any of it, but um, I want to know, you know, was it because you were a Republican? And that's what Republicans do when it comes to their Democratic counterparts or were your criticisms of Obama, you know, were they legitimate and substantive? 
Oh, I believe the most of you know. I never made any of my criticisms about him personal because I think on a personal level he's a cool brother. I think he's a great father, good role model. Uh, you know, in terms of how you want to live your life, and and like you said, as a black man, I understand you got to be, be perfect at, at when you're at that level of whether it's in corporate world, politics, whatever. So I can really appreciate that. I just never really agreed agree too much on his policies. That was, that was where my issue was. It was not his personality. And, you know, I think like say he handled the position with class. Uh, but there was times where I just thought that, uh, you know, the first thing we talk about as black men, say as a black man, he was president. And I give him all credit for that. But I think there was more he could have done for black men. Uh, but he was he kept in this thing of not wanting to be the black president. He fought that so hard that he kind of left black people behind in certain aspects, whether you know was, you know job training, entrepreneurship, uh, you know the healthcare law, which did help certain black people, you know, and poor black folks who did not have healthcare uh, to get them on healthcare. I think that that was a good thing. But in terms of creating more black millionaires, more job creators. Uh, he, he did not do that. And even the Congressional Black Caucus said that if it wasn't a black president in there and black unemployment was this high, we would be marching every day on the White House. And I think that black people should have still done that. I think that, unfortunately, because he was black, with us, we were very reluctant to criticize him while he was president. Now, I hear a lot of black people say, nah, yeah, I didn't like some of the stuff he was doing. Uh, but we never did that while he was president. And I think that uh, maybe that's one thing we will learn next time is if we get another opportunity to elect a black president and, you know, be critical and ask questions in the beginning so that that person doesn't feel like they can just kind of do whatever they want to do because, the first, you know, the first his first time being elected, he, he kind of, you know, he fought the whole time for Obamacare. And that's what he staked his, you know, legacy on. But the second time he got elected, I honestly felt that there was more things he could have done through executive action, the same way President Trump does when he wants something done, and he's willing to go fight all the way to the Supreme Court, whether it's been for the wall, whether it's been on the Muslim ban. If he believes in something, he's willing to stick his neck out and do it. And I just don't think that from from that black perspective, if you want to talk about that, whether it was uh, – well, we want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, reparations, which I think is a joke now. They want to bring that up now that he's gone. Uh, if you want to talk about more funding for HBCUs, all these are things that he could have done with the swipe of a pen that he didn't want to do because he didn't want to be labeled the black president. That was That's the thing, one thing I will say. That Obama was not a fighter. He was a lover. He was a smooth guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing him on that. I'm just, well, I guess I am a little bit, but I'm saying that his personality, his style was smooth. He wasn't trying. The only time he would really go hard was if he wanted to go, he would go onto the media and say the Republicans aren't helping me on this. But in terms of just saying, you know what, this is right. This is what I'm going to do for my community, the folks that got me elected. I'm going to do this. And try. And you know, Wayne, I'm I I actually I'm gonna say this. I actually don't completely disagree with you with your criticism of Obama. I I, I don't. But I want to add some 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 context and some clarity to what you said because there was a lot you said there, and 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 
Um, and one last, just one. Go ahead. Think about the games that the LBGT community had under President Obama. The clear games you can see, and uh, whether it was the marriage piece, whether it was getting certain things done legislatively, he had a problem doing that. And, and he did it right before the second time he got elected. You see what I mean? Once he got elected, he, uh, for the second time, when you're a lame duck, you can do whatever you want to do. And 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 I like I said, I don't completely disagree with you about that. In fact, um, a book that I read that Dr. Michael Eric Dyson wrote uh, called "The Black Presidency" um, outlined some of the same criticisms of Obama um, in this first and in his second term as president. Um, so I want to just um, go back a bit um, and 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 kind of unpack some of the things that you said. You know, first, uh, uh, the the fact that this man ran, he, he there were other there are other black people that that have run for president that were unsuccessful. Uh, Jesse Jackson being one of them. Uh, Al Sharpton being another one and they ran for president as a civil rights leader and they pigeonhole they pigeonhole themselves um, in many respects by doing so and 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 basically limited themselves to one particular demographic of of this country by saying that you know us or, or directly associating themselves with up uh, the civil rights movement and I think they did themselves a disservice by doing that and what President Obama did was he looked at the he looked at the examples that they that they that they led in running and why they were not successful and said I'm not going to run my campaign that way I'm going to run it as um a I'm going I'm not going to run my campaign as the black candidate I'm going to run my campaign as a candidate for everybody and uh and that is what I believe the re the one of the main reasons he won because he was not trying to run as the black candidate I'm not trying to run as the first black president but I'm going to kind of let some of those things happen the the some some of the, the the things that go along with that happen along the way he did he he acknowledged that um you know you know throughout his campaign in fact um celebrating the 50th anniversary of the I have a dream speech i think it was held at the stadium in arizona you know when he had 80,000 people there you know that was that was a momentous occasion when he accepted the democratic nomination for the first black uh the the for for the first democratic nomination for black uh, for the presidency as a black man so he was acknowledging that in a different way but at the same time still not running his campaign as the black president um and then after he became president he still did not um tr- he still did not be uh try to lead this country as the black president in his first term in office. Um, however, I thought that if he was to be reelected, that that would be his opportunity to be the black president. That would that would be his blackest. That that's when we would see him at his blackest. If if that makes any sense, you know, not that he would be he would give 
Yeah, not that he would give the the State of the Union address with a uh, in a dashiki and and a, a Afro pick in his head, but that we would see him be the black president. And I do agree with you that in that second term, I was disappointed because he was not that uh, for uh, for black Americans. He he did not do that uh, for us, um, and that's why many people like Dr. Eric Dyson. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, uh, Dr. Cornell West, uh, Tavis Smiley, and a few others were critical of him because in some respects they felt like he turned his back on black America and the people that put him in office. Um, I still want to say, I still want to give him credit for not trying to, um, to run and even serve the country as the first black president or as the black candidate because you hear all the time, you know, there were comedians that made jokes about, you know, what if we ever got a black president, you know, be watermelon on the on White House lawn, barbecuing and, you know, all kinds of things that the black culture is known for, that this would be embodied in the first black president. So he he stayed away from a lot of those stereotypical uh, things that are associated with black culture. Uh I don't know if he did it in t- if it was intentional on purpose or if 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 that just was not him. But um I give him credit for that, but at the same time we would have liked to and I agree, we would have liked to have seen him be um more um uh more black if that's you know, if that was possible uh, or or more ap- appealing to uh, his own race of people, the people that that put him in office. He tried to do some things toward the end of his presidency with the my brothers, my uh, am I my brothers keeper, my brothers keeper initiative, and I thought that was I thought that was great. Um, I you know he I think that could have been done a lot earlier, a lot sooner. I'm sorry, I think yeah. That was a great program, too. I mean, I give him credit for that. That was a good program. But like you said, we could have done that. Done that. Uh, yeah, he could have done that from the very beginning. I agree. He could have done that from the very beginning. But you you and I both know, uh, 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 Wayne, let's, let's, let's be clear. The Republicans uh, fought him tooth and nail in his first term. Not only did he have the economy the, the, not only did he have the economy to worry about with the, the crash in the auto industry and, and, and having to deal with that, he had a, 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 a Senate majority leader and Mitch McConnell that was dead set on making this, making him a one term president. He made that perfectly clear to Americans. He made no made no qualms about that. A lot of people will forget, though, when President Obama was elected in 2008. He had a majority House and a majority Senate. So he could have done whatever he really wanted to do. The only thing he was concerned about was passing Obamacare. I mean, he, Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, and Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader. Right. The House in 2010, and I want to say he lost the Senate in 2014. So, I mean, he had an opportunity to do some things, and I just think that, one, he wanted to get reelected which is what all politicians, their first and foremost job is to get reelected, and that's what he did. 
And, uh, you know, again, the, the folks that put – and to this day, black folks still love them the exact same way, but they're, they're willing to admit that they didn't get everything they wanted out the deal. And so um, I think, again, he set a great example, uh, for, in particular for black men and black politicians. No personal scandals. I shouldn't say no scandals because, you know, he obviously had, uh, you know, the Fast and Furious gun running situation. You had Libya. You know, you had you know you had a lot of different. Libya is so much worse off now because it's really not just President Obama, but of Hillary Clinton. You know, so I mean, there's things that I again, I, I'm not, I don't want to just rag on him because there was some things he did good too. But I just think that he had he had two things going for him. Uh, he was a media darling, and black folks was going to give him all the complexion protection he could muster. He was no one going to talk bad about him while he was president. Don't, 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 touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Mr. Show, featuring CHH artist and lyricist Paul Goodson Collins. There was um, a case recently in the news about a CHH artist, Flame, who uh, was recently awarded $2.7 million from Katy Perry, who stole a portion of his song, Joyful Noise, and put it on her song, Dark Horses. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Man, look, I'm like, get your money. They, they, well, they gonna pay flame. Them. At the same time, I think a lot of our artists will probably be scrutinized more. Like, as much as we love a sample or something, if we can't clear it, then probably best not to use it. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King wishing radio host Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy second year anniversary. Y'all make sure y'all keep supporting, keep listening. This is God's work. So keep it locked in Jesus' name. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you.
You're tuned in to the Feet Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you're enjoying part two of our discussion of Obama versus Trump. Our discussion of former President Barack Obama with my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. Let's get back into this insightful discussion. like to slice and dice our country into red states and blue states, red states for Republicans, blue states for Democrats, but I've got news for them too. We worship an awesome God in the blue states, and we don't like federal agents poking around in our libraries in the red states. We coach Little League in the blue states, and yes, we've got some gay friends in the red states. who supported the war in Iraq. We are one people, all of us pledging allegiance to the Stars and Stripes, all of us defending the United States of America. The fact that so many people are surprised to hear that anger in some of Reverend Wright's sermons simply reminds us of the old truism that the most segregated hour of American life occurs on Sunday morning. But the anger is real. It is powerful. And to simply wish it away, to condemn it without understanding its roots, only serves to widen the chasm of misunderstanding that exists between the races. She was born just a generation past slavery, a time when there were no cars on the road or planes in the sky, when someone like her couldn't vote for two reasons, because she was a woman and because of the color of her skin. And tonight, I think about all that she's seen throughout her century in America. The heartache and the hope, the struggle and the progress. The times we were told that we can't, and the people who pressed on with that American creed, yes we can. At a time when women's voices were silenced and their hopes dismissed, she lived to see them stand up and speak out and reach for the ballot, yes we can. When there was despair in the Dust Bowl and depression across the land, she saw a nation conquer fear itself with a new deal, new jobs, a new sense of common purpose. Yes, we can. When the bombs fell on our harbor and tyranny threatened the world, she was there to witness a generation rise to greatness and a democracy was saved. Yes, we can. She was there for the buses in Montgomery, The hoses in Birmingham, a bridge in Selma, and a preacher from Atlanta who told the people that we shall overcome. Yes, we can. A man touched down on the moon. A wall came down in Berlin. A world was connected by our own science and imagination. And this year, in this election, she touched her finger to a screen and cast her vote. Because after 106 years in America, through the best of times and the darkest of hours, she knows how America can change. And and I I I the, where I disagree with you though, uh, I don't believe uh, you. You said that um, the black people never gave that kind of deference to 
uh, any other black politicians. I, I think, you know, Obama, for, for all of his foibles, that the, the different things that, that, you know, that we might have wanted him to do while he was in office. I think he brought more to the table um, in, in this in this in this position because of the gravity of the position. I think he walked into it understanding that I'm going to be the I'm the first to ever do this. And and, and there's a, a, a tremendous amount of pressure that's 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 on me. And I have to be able I, I, I have to be able to um, uh, to 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 say that that um, that I did this. On, uh, on the right terms. Now you can't you can't make everybody happy, you know. And I think that's the unfair part about um, about this president, about his presidency, that many people take for granted. You know, we think we thought as black people that oh, we got a black president now that all of a sudden we're going to get reparations, we're going to get this, we're going to get tax breaks. He couldn't. He could not sit down at the table and. And say in, in so many words and write legislation just for black people. You know that he could not he could not make policy that was just for black people. The white people in the white people in this country would, would have impeached him. It was not going to happen. And 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 conversely, conversely, if oh, if Obama had done just a half, just half of the things that this current president has done with the lies that he's told with, uh, with, with his misogynistic, narcissistic tendencies and, and ways and racist remarks that he's made. President Obama would not have made it out of his first term, let alone his first year in office. The Republicans would have impeached this man. If, if they took over in, in 2010, that would have been the end of his, of his presidency. So, um, with the, the with with the enormous amount of pressure that black people put on on, on Obama, there was a lot of pressure that that came uh, from white America as well because they were only going to that he he had to in so many respects he had to operate within a certain framework uh, in, in order to be accepting to white America because uh, you you saw that happen with Trayvon Martin he. They they challenged him when when with, with something that he said about uh, Trayvon Martin um, uh, looking like he would be one of his sons. The media took him to task about that. Republicans took him to task because he wanted to associate himself with with a young man who was who was killed by a, a by a white man by another white man who. Um, uh, Obama and, and and everybody every everybody said that that this should not have happened, and so um, I think it's unfair to say that that um, that that he was a, a, a media darling, and that the Repu- uh, the Republicans you know uh, that 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 he was a media a media darling, and that he could just get you know do whatever he wanted to do. That wasn't necessarily true he knew the framework that he had to operate in and it, and and white america had him on a short leash you know whether we wanted to admit it or not he was on a short a short leash with white america i hate to put it in those terms but in reality that that was the reality of it and i and i believe he felt that way while he was in office that there was some things that he wanted to do but he felt like he couldn't do it just because of the complexion of his skin well, 
I think that to a certain degree that he had to work with the constraints of a political framework that wasn't meant for him to be president. I think that's true. I think in the end, even if it was the, his last month, he could have been writing out executive orders. That would have been more beneficial. You know, it's just to me, he didn't, he didn't do enough for the people that gave him the same undying loyalty. And Trump gets that. I think that's going to always be the biggest difference is that he understands what his people want, that vote for him, his base, the same way, and he's willing to fight for it. And Obama wasn't. Uh, and it's not to say that he was, you know, it was just disappointing. That's the best way I can frame that. Uh, because, you know, as a black man, I understand. You can't go, you couldn't be the black candidate. But once he got elected the second time around, uh, there was things he could have done that was nothing anybody could have done to stop it, and he would have been fine. And, you know, whether it was, sh- you saw President Trump shut down the government because of what he wanted to do and was willing to make everybody suffer so he got what he believed. <laughs> but yeah, but 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 he but he didn't but he didn't get what he wanted at the end of the day. He shut the government down and had to reopen it. He didn't get everything he wanted, but he got part of what he wanted and he got the money for his wall. It was and it didn't come it didn't come as a result of the shutdown though. Let's be clear. It wasn't because he shut down the government. He all he, he immediately got the money from the wall. It was him declaring a national emergency and then and going and it being argued in the Supreme Court that he stacked with uh with Republicans that 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 you know again let me give you a good example of one for black folks where Obama would have could have done that. He could have claimed Flint to be a national emergency and put all the money he wanted into Flint to get that fixed up. And he didn't. Wow. Yeah. Folks in Flint that I know 95% voted for me, and I'm going to get this done for them. But I'm not going to let you off the hook, though. I'm not going to let you off the hook, though, because... You know why would a why you here you put it you put that on a dem, a Democratic president to to be the savior when it was a Republican governor that put Flint in that position in the first place. I can't let you off the hook with that one. I want to dig deeper on that? It was a Democrat-led Flint mayor and city that did not manage their city properly. They had to be put in an emergency manager in the first place. You can't put that on the. You can't put that on Flint. You can't put that on the. I can. It's bad leadership. Bad leadership on both sides. It's bad leadership, and 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 the buck stopped the, with Governor Snyder. He would. This happened under his watch. Flint was a third world country in the state of Michigan. That's unacceptable. And it's been that way for a very long time. So let's be clear here. These problems have been going on in Flint for a long time. And who runs Flint? Who are the elected officials in Flint? the mayor, the city council, and they all mismanaged that city to the point where an emergency manager was necessary. And then, okay, so if an emergency manager was necessary, then you would think, a reasonable person would think, that if an emergency manager had to step in in that situation, that they would make the right decisions for Flint instead of putting them in all, putting uh, these children in harm's way and 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 causing them to drink uh, contaminated and poisonous water. So so that's why it that's why the buck stops right where it lied with Governor Snyder, which is in the federal government told them that their water was fine for a whole year. That's why President Obama 
fired that whole team of, of the Southeast staff on that because they dropped the ball too, okay? And so President Obama could have just declared Flint a national emergency and got and cut through all the red tape. And of course, you 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 put you the Democrat you want you the you you forget the forget the fact that the Republican uh, Republican run uh, govern, uh, governor uh, put Flint in the posi- in that position, but then you want. Uh, a democratic uh, president to 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 come to their rescue, yeah. That that's how this position. This that's how it's the situation like this has become so politicized, you know. And 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 those young people are putting the right in the middle of it. This is that at that moment in time, the black president should have stepped up with his pen and said, "I don't care whose fault it is. I'm gonna get it taken care of." And that's that's I, again. I'm not gonna. I agree with you that. Uh, we had a Republican governor. Again, I just think that we have to put some onus uh, on every le- every level of government failed Flint, right? Okay, I will I will agree with you with that. And so, my at the end of the day, just for the fact that we did have a black president, President Obama, for for clarity's sake, President Obama came up to Flint in 2016, drank a cup of the water, and told people it was fine after that, and it wasn't. And so that's my, again, I just want everybody, it's always going to be some political stunts and gamesmanship involved. But in that scenario, that brother could have just cut the check and got it done. Emergency manager style. Emergency, national emergency. People are dying. People are sick. I'm going to break out the pen and get this done. No one can fight me on it. You see, that's, I mean, if we can do that for the wall, we could have done that for Flint. You're tuned in. To the thinking Ow. Loud. Loud. radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you this is the anniversary show featuring meteorologist Denise Isaac and the music of lyricist Ty Scott King Meteorologist from NBC 10's Boston, Denise Ice. What advice would you give a young person looking to get into this profession? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So continue to work hard. It's not easy. Uh, you may have to move to different cities, but it's okay. Really stay humble, you know, and, and learn as much as you can. Learn from others. Don't gossip. Because once again, it's a small business. You may think you'll never see uh, this person again. And then all of a sudden, guess what? You're tuned in to the Feeding Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 
248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hey, this is Wayne Bradley from American Urban Strategies, your favorite Republican. I just wanted to give a special congratulations to my friend Michael Nimmons and Thinking Out Loud Radio on his two-year anniversary. Make sure you listen in every week. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. I hope you enjoyed part two of our discussion of Obama versus Trump with my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. Let's hear the conclusion of this insightful interview. We can acknowledge that oppression will always be with us and still strive for justice. We can admit the intractability of deprivation and still strive for dignity. Clear-eyed, we can understand that there will be war and still strive for peace. We can do that, for that is the story of human progress. That's the hope of all the world. At a time when our discourse has become so sharply polarized, at a time when we are far too eager to lay the blame for all that ails the world at the feet of those who happen to think differently than we do, It's important for us to pause for a moment and make sure that we're talking with each other in a way that that heals, not in a way that wounds. This evening, Michelle and I will do what I know every parent in America will do, which is hug our children a little tighter, and we'll tell them that we love them, and we'll remind each other how deeply we love one another. But there are families in Connecticut who cannot do that tonight. And they need all of us right now. In the hard days to come, that community needs us to be at our best as Americans. And I will do everything in my power as president to help. And from every family who who never imagined that their loved one would be taken from our lives by a bullet from a gun. Every time I think about those kids, it gets me mad. And by the way, it happens on the streets of Chicago every day. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
of what they did. The doors of opportunity swung open, not just for black folks, but for every American. Women marched through those doors. Latinos marched through those doors. Asian Americans, gay Americans, Americans with disabilities, they all came through those doors. I have no more campaigns to run. My only agenda, I know because I won both of them. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. But I, 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 um, I agree with I agree with much of what you said. But uh, Trump is not doing. Uh, the Republican Party many favors with the work that is being done behind the scenes to recruit Latinos and 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 more Black people to vote when you you're constantly having a president that is um, that that's that's talking about building a wall and calling Black and Brown people uh, you know telling Black and Brown people to go back to where they came from and and Mexicans are are rapists and murderers and. And 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 doing things like that is not doing things to help the cause of the Republican Party. If they're if they're trying to recruit those same people, the 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 face of the Republican Party is 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 also putting up the same hand that's 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 that uh and 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 tell and shooing them away. You can't you you one hand he's with one hand the the, the Republicans are, are are inviting them to come, but the other hand is shooing them away. Which is it? Uh, the Democrat Party knows that they have the black voter in their back pocket, so they don't give them nothing extra. And, you know, that's my criticism of the whole thing is that uh, that's why I'm a Republican. That's one of the reasons I felt like not just being a voting Republican, but being an active at the table trying to be at the table where the decisions are made. Because if if black people turn their back and we put our baskets all in one party, what do we have when Republicans are in control? We have nothing. And so I think that that's a mistake that only our community has made. You don't see the Jewish community operating like that. You don't see the Asian community operating like that. White people, white people don't look at each other and say you're a Republican or a Democrat. You're a white person. And they're both sides are fighting for the issues that are important to that group of white people. Black people are the only ones that have not figured out yet that if we're going to make both parties work for us, then we need to have – I never expect – Republicans to get 80% of the, of black people. But if we had 30% of them, we would make both parties work for our vote. The Latino vote is the same way. I see the Republican Party invest money into keeping and recruiting Latino voters because they know that they do have issues in common, whether it's uh, being pro-life, you know, Catholics and whatnot. There are issues. And black people, we're the most conservative Christian folks you can be. But we, we've rejected that notion of being involved in both parties. Well, what a leverage standpoint, we could do that. Well, man, wow, we have to, we're going to have to leave this, leave it, leave it there. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to give you the last word with that because there's much I could say, uh, um, much more I could say behind that. I appreciate you letting me get that word in. Uh, I'm always willing to come back now. So you, anytime. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with my good friend, 
uh, political strategist and president of uh, Urban American Strategies uh, on tonight, Wayne Bradley, good friend of ours, and uh, just, again, talking politics and uh, talking about these two political figures and President Donald Trump and former President Barack Obama. And um, I think we got quite a bit accomplished. And I think we had a substantive conversation, um, you know, one that um, is rarely had um, nowadays when you when you talk about the political climate and culture that's taking place um, right in front of us on CNN, on MSNBC and Fox News and and uh, other television networks. You don't see this kind of substantive conversation. And so hopefully we, we've had that on tonight and I hope you were uh, intrigued by it, by it and, and, and learned some things and gained some insights about both uh, political figures as well as both the Democratic and Republican Party. So, Wayne, man, I truly appreciate you being on the show with us on tonight, man. Thank you so much for taking out the time uh, to be with us. And uh, we got to have you back on so we can continue our conversation uh, about politics, man. Anytime, Michael. Anytime. Thank you, brother, for having me on once again. All right, man. God bless. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Christian recording artist Good Son, and when I'm in Detroit, I'm always rocking with my man Mike Nimmons on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Yeah. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is your brother, Boyd White III, pastor of the Ark Detroit, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. of our discussion of when they see us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. What role does the church play in helping us to build bridges between the police and the black community? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. What Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois said in the early 20th century is the same today, that the color question will always be the number one question in America. So the church has to find its place in that discussion. So our theology has to be broad enough to say, I want to help everybody who needs help. 
whether they're black or white or gay or straight, does that mean that I need to affirm them? No, I affirm what the Bible affirms. But the Bible would say that if somebody's getting their hair busted unfairly, I'm not going to sit and ask you what your faith is, what your sexuality is. I'm going to say to this person, bust you upside the head, that you're wrong, and I'm going to stop you from doing that. You're tuned in to the Freedom Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Thought of the week comes from a sermon I heard this past week that really resonated with me from a friend of mine during our church's summer revival. The message was entitled, I'm anointed for this. And ever since this message was preached, it's been all that I could think about. And it's really helped to put things in its proper perspective for me. When we as children of God experience trials and tribulations, we instinctively look at them as if God is punishing us or God is chastening us or the devil is wreaking havoc in our lives. We immediately get defensive and some even have a pity party to wallow in the abyss of their troubles. But what God showed me through this message is that our trials and tribulations are really just an opportunity that God uses to show us how powerful he is and ultimately how strong we are. Those of us who are people of faith believe that our trials and tribulations are just a conduit that God uses 
to show us how great he is and how strong our faith really is. Because without those struggles, without those obstacles, all we have is our profession or confession of faith. But what God does is put our faith to the test with what appears to be insurmountable odds. Keep in mind, with God, there are no odds that are, that are insurmountable. With God, there is no problem that's too big. With God, there is no tribulation too overwhelming. However, the only way for him to prove that to us is to demonstrate it through what is seemingly impossible. And that, my friend, is the very definition of what a miracle really is. Whenever God gets involved in our lives, the resolution is always miraculous. But the benefits of this experience is twofold because not only is God already working on one end with a miraculous resolution, but he's also building our faith in him at the very same time. It's through the vicissitudes of life that we find out how strong our faith in God really is. You don't know God is good until you have experienced his goodness. You don't know the power of God's healing until you have experienced his healing. You don't truly know the vastness and richness of God's provision until you have experienced a need. So ultimately, God uses the very same thing he's taking us through to show us the extent of his power and his might. But in order for us to know God's power and might, you've got to go through it. You've got to be hurt. You've got to experience lack. You've got to experience tragedy. You've got to experience a loss. You've got to be persecuted. Because on the other side of everything you experience is victory. You're not going through this for nothing. You're not experiencing hardship for naught. You're not experiencing failure because that is not what you are. God will never take you through anything to destroy you. God doesn't want to see our demise. He spoke through the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 29 and verse number 11 and articulated the expectations that he has for each and every one of us. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil to give you an expected end. You see, God's expectations for us are so big and so grand that the tests that he sends our way are congruent with his expectations. Great tests make great testimonies. Great tragedy produces great triumph. Great losses will ultimately end in even greater victories. So when the enemy tries to convince you to quit and give up, when the enemy comes to discourage you and depress you to the point of throwing in the towel, when the devil tries to get you to see your problems from the surface, you remind the enemy that I'm anointed for this. I'm greater than my problems. I'm stronger than my weaknesses. I'm greater than my affliction. I'm an overcomer. In fact, I'm more than a conqueror. More importantly, I'm anointed for this. And so are you. want to give a special shout out to my good friend political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies for being on the show with us on tonight so glad that he was on with us my good friend Wayne Bradley thanks so much man for being on the show for part one and part two of our conversation 
talking about Trump versus Obama and Obama versus Trump. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation. Hope you ga- gained some insight into both of these political figures in this series of uh, discussions that we've had about them. Um, of course, if you want to follow Wayne Bradley on Facebook, you can do so there. Wayne WB Bradley or on Twitter and Instagram at Conservative Bro. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next week for our big football season kickoff show where we're going to be celebrating the kickoff of college and pro football with former all-pro wide receiver Derek Mason. That's right, guys. This is a big show, big show. Next week, we're going to be talking to this all-pro decorated wide receiver, 15 years in the NFL, played the Super Bowl 34, broken a ton of Titan and Raven records, nominated for the 2019 Hall of Fame with teammate and legendary NFL quarterback Steve McNair. That's right, guys, man. We are excited about this interview next week. Next week's show is going to be huge, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks again for tuning in to tonight's show. Again, we truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. And so until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got. To get what you want, the power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.